trouble to his parents um, and he was getting into a lot of trouble in school so his parents decided to set him up a meeting with the rabbi so he comes to, to the rabbi and uh, the rabbi begins talking to him and uh, throughout the discussion the rabbi eventually asks the boy it came you know to different deep uh, belief concepts and belief so he asks the child he says where is God the child doesn't respond he asks him again where is God child doesn't respond. So he asks him a third time. The fourth time he asks the child, the child seems like he's all nervous. He runs out of the room, comes home, runs into his brother's room, shuts the door, and he says, he says to his brother, he says, you have no idea what just happened. God is missing and they're blaming us for it also. <laughs> so the, we all struggle when it comes to... Um, raising our children, educating children. And there's a beautiful message from this week's Parsha um, where when it comes to different issues that can arise when we're trying to convey messages to our children, when we're trying to teach them, we're trying to um, put them on the right path. There's different issues that can come up which we can be enlightened um, with from this week's Parsha. The Parsha begins, Parsha's Emmer, with the Pasuk, um, say to the to, to the Koyanim, the children of Aaron, and you should say to them, In normal um, Hebrew literature, especially in the Torah, which is precise, uh, not only every word but every letter, right? The Torah should open and say that Hashem spoke to Moshe and He told him, "Say to the to, to the Koyanim." It says, "Say twice." To see it inside. Source one. I didn't even handle the papers. Source one. If you look. It says here. It says, "Say to the to the children of Aaron, and you should say to them." It says, "Say twice." Why does it say "say twice"? Say it once. So this is a question that's brought, that was brought up hundreds of years ago, and already in the Gemara in Yevamis. The Gemara there discusses this and explains very simple. Rashi brings this as the simple interpretation and understanding of the Pasuk. But Rashi says, the why does the Torah say twice, say to them? The first time, Rashi says, he was talking to the Kayan, Instructing them in whatever the Torah is referring to, which is discussing the Tumah, the Tumah of the Kayan. The Kayan, which are impure, cannot serve in the temple, cannot come and do their service if they are impure, if they became Tameh in, in different forms of Tumah. So the first time it says that it's saying it to tell it to the adults, which are actually obligated in this concept of making sure they are not Tameh, they are not impure. The second time Rashi says, and the Gemara Nyavama says, La Hazir G'doylim Alaktan. It's telling the adults to warn the children. That's why I brought the little one today. Telling the adults to speak to the children. So yes, Rashi, the Gemara explains that yes, it says say twice for a reason. The first time it says say, speak, it's telling the adults, you should be careful not to become impure. The second time it's, say, it's saying the adults, that they should tell the children and make sure that the children don't become impure. Why does it have to do it in such a way? Because obviously the children themselves are not obligated, right? The children under Bar Mitzvah, a child is not obligated in mitzvahs. 
the obligation is on the parents to make sure that they make sure that the children don't get into issues and do what's right. And specifically here, it's not even to tell the children, the Gemara explains, it's more that the father, the parents shouldn't hand the children things which they are not supposed to have. The parents shouldn't actively make their child tummy do things that their child is not supposed to do. Okay, that's the understanding of the Pasuk. The Pasuk is telling the parents to tell the children. Now, interestingly, the Gemara there in Yavamis discusses that there are three places in Torah where we have this taught. There are three, three places in Torah where we learn the same thing, each from a different um, uh, words in the Pasuk, where we learn the same thing, that we're not only telling the adults to do or not to do something, but we're telling the adults that they should make sure to tell their children not to do it. One place is right here, the topic here is Tumah. Impurity of the Koyanim, the Koyanim not becoming impure. The second place, so in source 2 you have here, the second place is by Shkatsim, where it tells... The Hashem tells the Jewish people that they should not eat shkatzim. Shkatzim are certain shkatzim. Yeah, shkatzim are certain um, uh, uh, crawling yeah, creatures, um, uh, bugs, different, uh, very disgusting bugs that uh, no one would eat regardless. But the Torah says you're not supposed to eat them. And over there also, the Torah says it many times, and we learn that from the many times that it says it. And sometimes it's referring to the adults. And other times it's telling the adults that they need to make sure that the children don't eat. That's the second time. The third time is by blood. You know the Torah says we're not supposed to eat blood. And the Torah mentions it multiple times. And over there also, the Gemara explains the reason why the Torah mentions it multiple That's times the is the Hazrat Dele Malaktanim. Um, yes, actually, yeah, the Pasha Kedoshim. Um, we're going to get to that soon. The Pasuk, no, Pasuk from A. So um, that the reason why it says many times not to eat blood is one time it's referring to the adults and the other time referring to the adults to make sure not to feed their children blood. So in summary, we have three places in Torah where the Torah teaches us the same idea. That the adults should make sure that the children don't do it. Time number one is in this week's parsha by the Tumah of the Koyanim, the impurity of the Koyanim. Time number two is by the Shkotzim, where the Torah says not to eat these disgusting small creatures, and it tells them to make sure the children don't eat it also. The third time is by blood. Now obviously, everything in the Torah is precise. In the Gemara there itself, the Gemara goes through a whole discussion explaining why it's necessary for the Torah to teach this to us by each of these places. The Torah could have taught it once, and from there we would have learned to the rest of Torah. Why did the Torah need to teach it by each place? So the Gemara there brings a tzrichosa, the Gemara there explains why there's a unique thing in each of these cases, and from the combination of all three cases, we can prove that this is the way of conduct in the rest of every other mitzvah in Torah, that we have the same idea, that the adults have to teach the children. But obviously there's something um, practical and inspirational that we can take out in the way we're educating our children from the fact that the Torah feels it important to find these specific areas, these specific stories, these specific mitzvahs, to teach us this concept of the adults warning and watching the children. So let's understand what's going on by each of these three topics, what's unique about them, and then we'll learn a beautiful, very powerful approach to different um, issues that can arise in parenting and educating our children. And by the way, for those who don't have children, it's in educating yourself really. Because we all have a child inside of us. And the, the child inside of us that we're educating brings us issues. So you can apply it even to yourself. 
So here are the three different, let's go through the three different things. Let's start with Shkotzim. Okay, source three. There's a whole discussion in the Gemara Haris. In the Gemara Haris, there's a whole discussion there describing what is considered someone which is an, an apostate, someone which is, uh, opposes Torah, which is um, a, a mumar, a heretic. And the Gemara there discusses different things that this person has to do in order for them to be fallen to the category of a heretic. And one of the things the Gemara says there, it says there are certain things that a person will do, and without even telling us that they're doing it to go against Torah, without even telling us that they're doing it to go against God, automatically, just by the mere fact that they did that act, they're considered a heretic. One of those things is someone that eats shkatsim. Someone that eats shkatsim, okay, these, these crawling, disgusting creatures, automatically is considered a heretic. Why? The Gemara, the, the, there, it's, Rashi explains... Because these types of foods, it's not the only food that are mentioned, rather these types of foods are dvarim sha'anefesh katsabahem. These are foods which are disgusting. They're so disgusting that a person on their own wouldn't even go and eat it. The fact that they're going to eat it is clearly because they're trying to just do something against time. No, no. Shkatsim are different like bugs, different creatures. But it's re- it's it's not a appetizing food. Buzz. Does it sniff out his life? Okay. So that's um, that's that. Cut. So over there we find that these are types of food which are disgusting that a person wouldn't eat, and the fact that a person's eating them is because specifically they're going against Torah. They're trying to find something which is the most disgusting way to go against Torah. So such a person automatically, even if we don't know their intentions, just by the mere fact that they're eating it, is considered a heretic. That's what the Gemara says there about Shkatsim. Okay? Now, um, let's apply that in education. In education, there can be, there can be kids that uh, are so, um, so troubled that they do things which even a normal kid wouldn't think of doing. They do things which are completely out of the box, Something you would never expect from a child. And a parent or an educator, when they see such a thing, they could sometimes lose hope. They could sometimes say, this kid is, is, is a lost case. How am I able to go and teach this kid and train him or educate him to correct, to, to grow and become a better person where the things that he's doing are such disgusting, low-life things that, the normal, that a normal person wouldn't even think of doing? This is why, this is the first lesson the Torah is teaching us. The first thing the Torah is teaching us is that you need to know that even in the area of Shkotzen, even in the area of these creatures, Ross, 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 that even in the area of these um, disgusting creatures, where it's disgusting for a person to even think of eating them, even there the Torah says, that's where we want to teach you the Hazrat Gedele that adults need to educate the children. The Torah didn't choose a regular mitzvah or a regular avera, which is a normal thing for someone to do. Specifically, something that's disgusting, that it takes a very cruel person to think of doing it, the Torah's teaching us there, remember that even such children, are no, there's no such thing as a lost case. And even such children, one would think because especially those children, they're just children. Some uh, people may think, and unfortunately, there are not people that think so, that the why engage with such a child? Not, not all children go to those extremes. But if a kid does it more so than ever, he needs guidance. He's a kid. 
some people lose some people lose the the motivation. Some people lose the motivation to deal with such a child. You're unique, David. Yeah. This is this is yeah very good. The Torah teaches specifically here. Allah has a good Malachi. Is it not Chol Yisrael? It is. <laughs> okay. This is the disgusting thing right here. The second, here's the second example. <clears throat> this is the second example now. Okay, so the first example is Shkotzim. We understand why it was important for the Torah to teach us about Shkotzim. Let's go to the second example. The second example is blood. The Torah teaches again by blood, meaning if Shkotzim wasn't enough to tell us that such a child you need to deal with, what else could the Torah be teaching us by telling us the same message by blood? So by blood, we find a very interesting thing. In Parshasur A, which is one of the few times where the Torah says not to eat blood, over there the Torah uses a unique expression. In source 4, the Torah says, Rak chazak adam. The Torah says, be strong not to eat blood. Which other aver in the Torah do we see the Torah saying, be strong and don't do it? It's very rare. This may be the only time. <laughs> but the Torah says, be strong and don't do it. But usually you would say be strong by something that a person would be inclined to do. Who's inclined to eat blood? Very good, very good. So they the rumor that we put blood in matzahs for no reason. They saw someone drinking blood, and they said, matzahs, they must put it inside. There was some truth to that. So over there, Rashi explains that the reason why, they look at the source for the second part of source for from the fact that the Torah says you should be strong, right, that tells us that these people had a... Desire and were in, 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 indulged, whatever, in eating blood. That these people, it was a normal thing for them. Not only a normal thing, it was everyday life. This is one of the delicacies, blood. This, because this is something that they were they were inclined to. That's true, but this is something that we find unique about blood. Good question. We're discussing blood now, so we see that um, that this is something that is is an area where the Torah is saying Everybody that a person is so inclined to do it, and they're used to doing it, it's part of their life. So we tell them, Rat chazak, be strong and don't need the blood. Hold on, so again, blood is looked at as anger, and blood is also looked at as um, the physical world. So Daddy. I think if you go deeper, it's not just blood, it's blood, blood, blood. And then it has spiritually, to right. spiritually, with not going after a disinclination, that brings someone to the physicality that's detrimental to their life. Very good. Good. Beautiful. So this is this is the second message the Torah is teaching us in education. That the second message the Torah is teaching us is you may have a child, and not only is he doing bad things, negative things, but they became second nature to him. They became part of his life. They became something that he's so inclined to do that it's just it's almost like he eats three times a day. He does these things. Sometimes it's a thing for the parent to have such a child. It's what about the rest of the Pasuk here also? It's strange. You, know, you shouldn't eat the soul with the flesh. The, 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 the blood is considered the life of a person. The topic today is not the blood, so I want to just focus on one part of it. And maybe after the show we could discuss some more. But, um, so this is again... <laughs> This is the second. <laughs> this is the second message the Torah is telling us that you may have a child 
that it became second nature for him to do all the negative things that he's doing. These habits became habits. And it can be more difficult to deal with such a child. A child that once, once in a while does something wrong, okay, it's something that he knows you need to tell him it's not okay. You need to speak to him. You need to sit down with him and explain to him that you shouldn't be doing this. Don't do it again. But you know it's something that he won't even think of doing for another two weeks. But let's say it's something that a child does every day. It's very, very hard to take something out of someone's habit. And it's already a habit, already second nature, already part of the regular lifestyle. It's very difficult to, ta- to change such a, person, such a person. And especially a child whose brain is still developing. So a person, when it comes to, to such a child, can be... Yeah. So or an adult, yeah, a person can sometimes see such a child and say, how can I even think of trying to change him? These are literally regular parts of his life. These habits are horrible, but they're things that he does every single day, multiple times a day. How am I able to even think of changing this child? Comes the Torah and tells us, again, this is another area where the Torah needs to tell us, no, even in such a place, God gives you the power and the energy to be able to change such a child. Don't give up on such a child. This is the second message the Torah is telling you. That even such a child, which this is another reason why a person may feel like giving up when he's dealing with, uh, with his children, Torah tells us that even by such a child, where it's a habit, it's second nature, it's part of his life, it's not something that he does once in a while, it's something that he does every day. Even such a child, he have the power to change. The third message, and this one's a very interesting one. The third one is in this week's parsha, right? This is where we, why we started the discussion. In this week's parsha, the topic that the Torah chooses to teach this the third time is by Tumas Koyanim, by the impurity of the Koyanim. That the Koyanim that become impure and can't serve in the temple, the Torah says not only the adults, but it says twice Emar, Emar Varamarta, teaching that the adults need to make sure the children don't become impure. So why? What's the message here in education? The message here in education is that sometimes, this is specifically in in Jewish life, that sometimes people feel that um, there are certain areas of Judaism which are too abstract for my child to understand. Certain areas which are very hard to explain logically. Very hard, areas of belief. Areas which I don't fully understand. And people can sometimes think that those are not things I should pass on to my child. Until I understand them, I shouldn't teach my child about it. It's an area that I only believe in. I don't really get it. It's, it's abstract. And there, some, some teachers feel that way. When it comes to areas entire which are hard to explain, they skip it. And they'd rather not even teach it and get into the discussion. Comes the Torah and tells us, Tuma and Tara is one of those. Tuma and Tara, the Rambam says, is the source file, the famous Rambam. At the end of Sefer Tara, the end of Ophos Mekvois, the Rambam says, that the whole idea of Tuma and Tara, of purity and impurity, is something which is not logical. What The person didn't become dirty, and he says even going into a mikvah is not going to clean him. If you become dirty, you take a shower to wipe off the dust. What, is the, what dirt is there in Tuma that a water is going to take off? The whole idea of Tuma and Tara, the Rambam says, is Xer Sakasim. It's something which is not possible to logically really understand. The Rambam says we can try to give some understanding to it, but generally it's something which is more of a chayk, more of something which is the area of terror which doesn't have reason. And it's specifically in the third topic, this topic with the terror again comes and tells us that we need to let a person know that in these areas, you also have to educate your children. 
You have to educate your children, even in those things which aren't fully um, uh, developed in logic. Areas which are not fully understood. Yes, we need to train our kids to have belief, to have trust, to have to, to believe in God, and to realize that there is that area in the world and of life which is beyond um, comprehension, beyond logic, and that area is tangible, real, and part of my life. And this is something we need to pass on to our children. So again, by the third place, the Torah is teaching us that we need to educate our children and help them grow from a young age, being strong believers, having strong trust in God, and teaching them even, the, even about those things which can't be fully understood and explained logically. So these are the three areas where the Torah tells us and when we work on our children and the child inside of us and teaching them, specifically these children, right David, specifically these children, the child which seems to be indulged in things and they became second nature for him. The child which is doing the most disgusting, despicable things which the normal child wouldn't even think of doing. And then the third area, even those things which are abstract and which are belief and not really logical, when we work on teaching our, the child inside of us and other children, in these areas, the Torah says, Lahazir Lahazir, the word Lahazir, comes from the word Zoyhar, which means to shine. That by doing that, not only will you bring light and shine onto your children, it will bring light and shine even onto the parents. So it's important to deal with education, even such children and the child inside of us. Don't be turned off by the fact that you have something which is second nature. Don't be turned off by the fact that you have a habit which seems to be something that you're so used to doing. Don't be turned off by the fact that there's things that you do which are disgusting, repulsive, things that a normal human being wouldn't think of doing. Some people have those in their life, and you say, how can I ever work on myself? <coughs> Comes a tyrant and says, you have to work on your own individual child, and even work on those areas. And the third, even teach yourself and train yourself to believe and discuss and learn about those things which may be beyond logic, beyond the comprehension, areas of life which are not understood. L'chaim. Everyone should have success in edu- educating themselves and their children.